Halloween, what is it really? Is it harmless fun or is it gravely forbidden? The pun was intended. How should Christians approach it today on Rightly Dividing? Learning to navigate truth in a world of opinions. Teacher Jacob Leger and your host, Pastor Daniel Wright. Heart of Worship Church Media presents Rightly Dividing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, to Rightly Dividing Podcast, learning to navigate truth in a world of opinions. I'm Pastor Daniel, and this is Jacob Leger. How's it going, guys? Our teacher. And today we're going to be talking about Halloween. Of course, pointed at this time in the season of this recording, it is vastly approaching. If you haven't watched episode one, we highly encourage you to do so as it describes our foundational principles and mission for this podcast, desiring truth through humility and grace, recognizing we are not the arbiters of truth, but the word of God is. Also, do remember that God does hate a spirit of debate, and we're all seeking to find truth, so let's agree to disagree if applicable. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it is our privilege, Jake and I, to introduce to you a special brother in Christ, Brother, Reverend, Evangelist, <laughs> all these things we joked about it. Paul Bradford, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, glad to be with you guys. Good to have you. <laughs> Good to have you. Amen. If you don't uh, mind telling us more about yourself, Brother Paul. We've been uh, knowing you for many years, and we, it is truly a blessing that he's yes, come preach at our definitely. church many times. We've got to go see him uh, preach in many other places. Uh, he's right. networked with. Got to work with me in conferences. That's right. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's been so cool, man. Yeah. Uh, I love you guys, and I love this space that you have. <laughs> and I love this amazing ministry that you guys are doing yeah. together. Praise God. And, uh, and, and to hear the, the pastor and the teacher flow together. I love it. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do they say, Brother Paul? Uh, uh, teachers tell it and preachers yell it. <laughs> I'm somewhere in the middle. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> Amen. So this subject matter that we're covering, you know, whenever you guys got a hold of me and we started talking about it, it's kind of a special place in my heart. Um, as a preacher's kid, I drifted into some really dark martial arts, mm. got into some stuff. And uh, my first wife, Cindy, uh, now in heaven with Jesus, literally had to do a deliverance service on me in Bible college of all places. Mm -hmm. And it was during that time that she opened my eyes because she had come out of the occult and into the kingdom. And she opened my eyes to some things. Before that, man, I I was celebrating Halloween with a lot of other Christians in Mm -hmm. ignorance. Mm -hmm. I began to study on it and wow, where my eyes opened. And Mm -hmm. so since the mid eighties or so, I've been exposing these things as Amen. as much as I possibly can. That's good. Amen. Amen. And we, we knew that Brother Paul would be a great contribution to this based on your testimony of that. Uh, I would like to remind our viewers and our listeners that Rightly Dividing Podcast is not geared to the lost. And that might sound controversial as ministers, especially as a pastor. Yes, we want you saved, but somebody has to disciple. And I want to say this really quick off the cuff that when I was saved in the assemblies of God, born again, filled with the Spirit, there wasn't, and it's not to speak of all assemblies of God, and I'm not speaking negatively, but there was a lack in terms of uh, discipleship right. to help us. And we had our Sunday mornings, and praise God, I learned a lot. Yeah. But what this ministry is designed to do is to hit those hard questions. Right. To say, what does the Word say? Again, we're not the arbiters of truth, but God's Word is. So right. we want to remind our viewers that the, the, our listeners 
We are speaking to Christians who profess the name of Jesus, who say, I'm born again. I love the Lord and I want to live for him. Very simply put. So if that being your position, this is the podcast for you to dive into the word, to grow in grace together and to dive in. And that being said, this is a topic, unfortunately, Brother Paul, that the church is divided upon. Really so let's is. rightly divide and let's look at the unbiasedly, what does the word say? Exactly. Absolutely. And people fall in the cracks on this thing. Mm-hmm. And and people have butted heads about it. Right. And I think one of the, and when we were preparing for this podcast, one of the words that just kept coming up on all of our lips was compromise. Yeah. Come on. The things that we compromise, the things that we we don't really lock in and take a stand against, but we just tend to let them slip through the cracks. But it's affecting our families. Amen. It's affecting our children and our grandchildren. Amen. And so it's time for the church to rise up and take a firm stand on these things and rightly divide the word of truth. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be talking about a bunch of scriptures on that. And I'd like to bring out, just for uh, the viewer's sake, in terms of statistics we all know that the bible says that in the last days evil shall wax worse so as we have seen in our modern times of the 60s rock and roll revolution uh evolution i might say (laughs) that has really destroyed society has crept into the church even we talked about before that in the last days that there would be uh uh, many shall depart from the faith the scripture tells us and adhere to doctrines of demons. That's right. So uh, here we are. We have the church uh, statistically since Christ casting out demons. And now we have Christians wearing demons costumes. Yeah. Where have we gone? A pastor's wife, who we know insane. not to mention names, was wearing Maleficent on, on a Halloween event. I, I, I And I know we're going right to the nitty gritty. So I'm sure by now, if you're listening or watching, you know that we do not celebrate Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. <laughs> right. But to me, looking at the Bible, it is already that obvious. The problem is some yes. people go to church. They know uh, about God. But do you know God? Do you know his word? Right. And that, that's the uh, depravity. Uh, back in the day. Uh, it was um, about 31.5% among organized religions in the world was Christianity out of 2.2 billion adherents. And a new survey uh, found that out of 87 expressed Christians uh, that that would not celebrate Halloween, while 13% believed that there was no problem in celebrating it. But, I said but, but <laughs> fast forward to 2015, we now have 59%, according to uh, uh, statistics that have shown in thousands surveyed that it, they believe it is all good fun. That that mm. was their vote. Mm. 59% of Christians say that Halloween is all good fun. Um, while 21% try to avoid Halloween completely, I fall into that category. 14% just try to avoid the pagan elements. So my daughter can be, you know, right. Whatever, yep. you know, I was say a fairy, but then even then a fairy, if you really right. look in the roots of that, I mean, very well. pagan, right? Well, I'll just dress up as a unicorn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Unicorn, exactly. And exactly. No, not that either. <laughs> and no, that's that's right. usually the fake unicorn. The real, you know, they had the real ones, but now they, yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, and I think it's imperative too because the, what what Riley dividing does is we're approaching the hard questions. Yeah. And not only hard, but and or both controversial questions, and it offends people if you say, you know, hey, what you've been doing for years, you're you've actually compromised your faith. 
right now at this point we probably already had people that have clicked to watch and now have clicked off because they don't like what we're saying <laughs> right. which is understandable but this is this uh this is what the meat and potatoes is and i told brother paul we talked about this before in in this right. you have to say if you say pastor daniel brother paul and brother jacob i want i am a christian i am a professing believer in christ if you were that person and you were still watching or listening you have to come to terms with the moral direction of your life is determined not by your opinion, but by the word of God. And that's why we our catchphrase is learning to navigate truth in a world of opinions. Everyone has opinions. Right. And what's, what's sad, Brother Paul, is today you have the devil that has infected academia, media, and culture as a whole. Yes. That objective truth has now been destroyed. Right. It's subjective. What is right. your truth? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and once you have that, then where is your morality? then when you stand before God, there's no judge because there's no law without objective truth. How can you even say that you can't drive past 55 miles an hour? Right. Right. That's a law. That's an objective truth that yeah. it's on the books. You, you, you go 56, you broke the law. You, right. We've all broken that law. <laughs> and the word of God gives us moral imperatives. Amen. It does. Right. Yeah. And um, it's either sin or evil or good and holy. And, and one of the third category that we did talk about, Brother Paul, is the personal conviction, we call it. A personal conviction is something that may not be wrong, but there are three things of the third category. So first of all, it's either sin or evil, it's black and white. Thou shalt not steal. Stealing, we can all agree. If you read Exodus chapter 20, you know right away you can't steal. It's wrong. It is a sin. Right. Good and holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Right. The Bible tells us these are good things to do. And third category of, as we said, was personal conviction. So within the third category, there's there's three things that I put down and I want to mention. One, does it appear evil? According to 1 Thessalonians 5.22, born again Christian, if you're listening, the Bible says, avoid even the appearance of it. Yes. So, Lord, I love you so much that even if it's not wrong to eat a steak at the casino, <laughs> I love you so much, Jesus, I'll eat a steak somewhere else. Yeah, right. If it looks like, oh, well, look, the pastor's at the casino. And and a lot of people who know me in, the, in my local area, they are aware that I don't go to the casino for this exact reason. Right. Uh, number two, can it cause, the question you're asking, a brother to stumble? According to Matthew 18, 6, Mark 9, 42, and Romans chapter 14, verses 13 through 23, addresses the issue where a brother in Christ would cause a, someone else, another brother or sister in Christ, right. yeah. to stumble. And third and last, uh, did God tell you to do or not to do something? You see, let me ask you, Brother Paul, is it wrong to eat fruit? No. Okay. But if you were Adam 6,000 years ago. And God and, said no. <laughs> come on, my brother. It's not a sin. The Bible doesn't say thou shalt not eat fruit. Right. But God told Adam, do not eat of this tree. That's specific yeah. fruit, yes. <laughs> Amen, brother. Right. And, and yeah. those are the three things you have to come to terms with. So you're either for him or against him. We cannot ride the fence. The Bible says I'd rather you be hot or cold and not lukewarm. The problem with these controversial issues is the church is trying to inject their opinion or their tradition or the way they've been raised instead of taking it to the word of God and say, Lord, what is the truth? Not my truth. What is your truth? What is the truth? No, I love how Paul, I love the, I love the old school uh, vernacular way of expressing this. Some things are not sin, but some things are not expedient. Mm, Yeah. Because they open a door. Amen. And we're going to be talking about open doors That's right. today. Some things are not expedient because they lead to sin. 
That's right. They lead to other things, bad decisions. Amen. Right. Open doors, agreement with things that we shouldn't be yes. in agreement with. Not in our notes, Brother Paul, but remember the verse that says, do not give place to the devil. Mm-hmm. That means a crack. Don't leave the door unlocked. Even if it's closed, we left the door unlocked, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's right. Give them an inch, you'll take them off. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Jake. With so our, our history. Yeah, we're going to jump into some uh, history of Halloween in a nutshell, of course. We can't go through the entirety of it because uh, we'd be here for the next three weeks. Right. So there's a lot to be said about yes. the history and the origins. So um, well, the elephant in the room is we all know that Halloween isn't what it began as. However, it is important to understand where it all came from. Now, I'd like to pause on that point of our notes. I meant that as American Halloween, right? Yeah. Because to be honest, the people who, who uh, well, let's say the traditions of the origins we're about to discuss, uh, talk about, they're still being practiced in other countries. Right. These are dead serious, not pun intended, uh, <laughs> in their practices of paganism, witchcraft, right. and things of that nature. So the argument with people that we're trying to reach in the church is it's just candy. So we're addressing the obvious that obviously when we say these origins, there are sac- human sacrifices and all the craziness. We want it to be known that we recognize that it's not what it is, but we still have to talk about it to lead up to where where it evolves from. That's right. So, yeah, the modern practices, they mirror its roots. So Halloween's origin dates back to the ancient Celtic festival of Soen. The Celts who lived 2000 years ago, mostly in the area of Ireland, the United Kingdom and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of the year which was often associated with human death. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Soen when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for Druids, or Celtic priests, to make predictions about the future. For a people entirely dependent on a volatile natural world, their prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long, dark winter. To commemorate the events, Druids built huge sacred bonfires where the people would gather to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to Celtic deities. During the celebration, the Celtics wore costumes, typically con- consisting of animal heads and skins, in an attempt to tell each an attempt to tell uh, each other's fortunes. When the celebration was over, they would relight their hearth fires, which were extinguished earlier in the evening from the sacred bonfires to help protect them during the coming winter. Like I said, this could go on and on, but this right. is just it in its, um, in its most accepted origin, like it's most well-known one. Cause it, you can trace this back even further than that. If you really want to go down that rabbit hole, but that's a bit out of the scope of this podcast. I think it's interesting if I can just jump in mm-hmm. here. Yeah, is yeah. We're talking about what happened during, during the Celtic times, you know, in these lands and, and, part of my family's homeland of Scotland and also in Wales and other places. But it really predates even this yeah. because mm-hmm. the tie-ins go back to old world paganism. I mean, some of these tie-ins go back, and we talk about in Bible days when you're dealing with the spirits of Molech and Chemosh and Baal worship, this old school paganism, which 
influenced the Celtics as well because these these pagan rituals spread all over the earth. So you saw them in Egyptian things, right. but we're talking about whether it came sacrificing a child mm-hmm. literally Come on and, and offering them over the fire. You're Come going to now. find some some of their principles are across the board. Right, were covered sacrifices, and and these dark dark rituals. You'll find Satan's influence through all of it. We're more familiar because of uh, the widespread use of, of of the Wiccan religion in witchcraft and in Satanism. We're more familiar with the Celts and their influence in it. Right. But we're talking about the same things that he, God's Hebrew people were fighting. Come on. against right. the things that he spoke about. And I mean, you're going to be sharing some scripture. These things were warned about by God to his people Amen. as they were coming into these pagan lands yeah. to conquer and to overcome and to receive the promised land that God had given them. They faced these same spirits. Then. Right. And, and it's just jaw-dropping to think so much of that paganism had an influence in the church even today. You know, and and if you do the 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 search, what happened in these lands of paganism and the gospels being spread after Christ, you find that people were converting to Christianity. But when you get to a point of compromise, which is no different than in our modern area, if we're not careful, right? That that was what happened is that you have elements of Christianity mixed with mixture exactly. paganism. It was, paganism. It was blending together. That's why you get the All Hallows Eve from All Saints Day on the first, where mention of to honor the dead became our, you know, sugar-coated version of yeah. celebrating the dead the day before. It's one thing to remember and reverence, like, say, Billy Graham, people that paid their respects, right. and remembering what a man of God yeah. he was, as opposed to the day before where we're celebrating them and trying to talk to them. Big, 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 big difference. The Bible talks about those things and we're going to cover those in the scriptures. You know, yeah, God warned his people about mixture. Amen. He said, don't marry the pagan wives. Right. Come on. Don't do it. And what did they do? They did it. They <laughs> yep. mixed together. And so those religions were brought together and mingled Come on. with Hebraic culture. That's mm-hmm. right. And then we find that happen when Catholicism began mm-hmm. to conquer Europe and our Roman culture came in and they conquered new lands and then Catholicism followed. Mm-hmm. They just mixed the Celtic pagan right. religion right. Right. along right. with Catholicism. Right. And, and that was, and it was just mixed into modern Christianity. Right. And we're still facing believers today who want to have mixture mm-hmm. they don't want to take a stand for god and do the things that are pleasing to god they want to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that mm-hmm. and that mixture has um, has brought great chaos and great destruction into the kingdom of god that's exactly right if you look at the word of god you will find the god of the word because the author is him so right. the bible tells us in john chapter one the word became flesh so going back to the reality of you say you're a Christian, amen, are you at least striving to become? I, I, I implore those that might still be listening and watching to say, wow, I didn't know that. This comes down to the Bible also saying my people perish for a lack of courage. Mm-hmm. I've met so many professing Christians, meaning well, they only feed their spirit on Sunday morning. Yeah. And that's where it's unfortunate, no matter the denomination, Pick up your Bible, you know, and I've had conversations. People will say, well, what about this? Well, 
I'll tell you why, because book chapter verse is very clear that this and that and the other. And it's like, oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible, Brother Paul. Well, that's the problem, too. And again, why I believe God has given us a mantle in this ministry to bring back the word of God as the established truth, that there is objective truth. And what is that? The word of God. That's right. Because that truth is available to us and has been available to us. That's right. This studied ignorance that we have when we stand before the living God, it's not going to wash. No, correct. And go, I want to talk about the mixture thing. Uh, bring out as far back as the Old Testament days when God had uh, brought them through the River Jordan out of the wilderness. They've crossed over and the exhortation was, don't forget me. Right. God yeah. was saying, don't forget wow. me. He says, whenever you have all these houses and stuff right that, that, I said that. That, I, that he gives them all these houses and fields and, and all this land, he's like, you're going to be full to the max and then you will forgive me. He said, he, he predicts that he will he prophesies it. But yeah, he specifically told him not to. It happened. Yeah, it did. And it that, did. that became the mixture because not only it's saying not right. forgetting me, he said, don't mingle with the, the mm-hmm. nations around you. They were God's people to make an influence on the nations surrounding them. But what happened was, as we know, it, nations became the influence on them. Well, right. Well, yeah. specifically too, because he told them that they were to drive them all out. He says, and if you don't, they will become a thorn in your side. Correct. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And that's what, where we're seeing in the church today when we have churches that are participating in what is blatantly pagan. You know, I, I, I might give a little bit of, uh, of room for, okay, uh, if, if it becomes the, I want to dress up as a cow, you know, and go grab some candy from my aunt next door, right? That's one thing, even though we, we still do want to avoid that altogether. But when you have a pastor's wife dressing up as Maleficent, you know that there's a problem. Literally, a pastor's wife dresses up as a demon. Now, how about churches doing cornfield mazes and and having these images of terror in them? And, right. And then they're going to call us pastors and say, I don't understand why my child can't sleep at night. Mm. You know, <laughs> and, and there's something stalking my child, you know, and literally coming into our house and into our room. Yeah. We open the doors for it. Just an innocent game, right? Just, right. just entertainment, right? You know, uh, but we are giving way and giving place to the devil, Amen. as you said. And then we get these results, and we don't understand. We don't understand why our children are becoming witches instead of ministers of the gospel. Amen. In a search for power, but we introduce them to a different kind of right. power, right? And a different spirit altogether, right. and that spirit has influence. Correct. And the culture of the world is promoting it, and school systems are promoting it, mm-hmm. and even the government is promoting it. And so we wonder why when we, for a little while, come into agreement with it, come on, and now. our kids get caught and hooked by it, mm. and then we're going, I just don't know what happened. Mm. All right. Welcome to what happened. Yeah. yeah. And the themes of Halloween, if I watch a commercial right now, it's ghosts, it's witches, it's goblins. They're mm-hmm. in direct contradiction of basic, pure elements of what scripture is. We're going to talk about uh, life and death. Well, one comes to mind, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yeah. Well, if you have a spirit of fear, then who gave it? If you're celebrating fear on October 31st, you yeah. see, you see, you understand that blatant contradiction. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what power mm-hmm. of love and what Someone. a sound mind. So let's let's talk about that. Before we get into the scripture, I wanted to bring out this too. Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, took joy in Christians who took part in the tradition saying, and I quote, and this has been corroborated, by the way, naysayers, I did when I researched this again to find the exact quote. 
they say, well, it's not true. It's fake and it's a myth. And no, he never said that, but I'm going to get there. Anton LaVey said this, I'm glad that Christians' parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. Welcome to Halloween. And that's how he ended it. LaVey's statement was corroborated by a former Satanist, John Ramirez, who said that when you dress up even as an angel or a mermaid for Halloween, you give the devil legal rights and access to change your identity. Mm. You are what you come into agreement with. That's how salvation works. So don't you think it would work in the opposite direction? You know, uh, we have artists, musicians since the 60s and 70s who admit they sold their souls to devil. And they didn't mean it hyperbole. They said literally that happened. You had Black Sabbath who admitted that they had an additional band member talking about demons that gave them each piece of music. And when they met for rehearsal, it fit. The demonic is real. And the Christians are sugarcoating Satanism. And it, it, it burns in my heart because this is something that I had to have many conversations with over the years. I was blessed to be raised in a home where I did I wasn't taught to, to Halloween. Some people were, but, and they come out of it. But when the Church of Satan is saying, bravo, Christians, appreciate that. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Thanks for helping us out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're doing the work for us. Mm. You know, there's actually um, there's a counterfeit theology woven through Halloween. And I don't know if people realize this or not. For instance, the undead of the zombie world, the undead of the vampire world, all of this is built around blood. Mm. And we, we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We actually go from death to life. Come on. The undead who, uh, who are devourers. Right. You know, the undead vampires and zombies represented in Halloween culture. And people say, oh, it's all good fun. But you have to understand there's a theme going through this. Mm. It's a counterfeit religious theme that is woven through it. Mm. And it's built around carnality and it is built around sensuality Mm. and it is built around destruction. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Mm. I have come that you might have life, Jesus said, and life more abundantly. Mm. So we are exchanging these themes of life Right. Christianity, abundant right. life for death and darkness. Come on. That's not good. Life and light, we are exchanging for death and darkness. And how can you think that that's right? Correct. How can you feel good about that? And mm-hmm. having your child trend and tend toward these dark, dark images and dark, dark things. That's so true. That's very true. Very true, Brother Paul. And I appreciate uh, your contribution in those those uh, aspects of the history and conjunction with it because i know there was a lot that we weren't even aware when you and i talked with jacob putting the notes together before the Celtics, you know uh and and when you add the human sacrifice in and when the the dead were they believed that at that time the veil between the spirit realm and the natural was the thinnest Mm -hmm. and that was the whole point of you know having the candy out it's to not be Consumed by these monsters. Communicating. Communicating with the dead. dead. Exactly. Which that's a scripture we're going to talk about. And while the Bible doesn't talk or say the word Halloween, right, Right. in the Bible, but we know that the elements, the philosophy, the the practices of Halloween are covered in scripture as to be an abomination unto the Lord. Uh, And saying that, uh, let's look at dealing with or speaking with the dead. Dealing with or speaking with the dead. 
First uh, Samuel chapter 28, the entire chapter covers where Saul summons Samuel from the dead. Right. And as you know, reading that, that chapter, that was not a good idea. You yeah. know, in the end, Brother Paul, remember, he, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. Saul, uh, Samuel rebuked him. <laughs> right. You know. It wasn't and, good. And I, I heard uh, Brother David Wilkerson on a, a message I, was many years back, of course, all these old recordings. He brought that point up. And he said, I want you you people to know that it wasn't the power of that that warlock or that witch that did it. God allowed that to happen so that Saul would be rebuked. God is on the throne. So there's nothing that happens without God ordaining it based on your free will choice to do it. So I got chills when I, well, every time I think about that, I remember Brother David Wilkerson was, was just shouting that from the rooftop that God was the one that allowed that to even happen so that Saul would get rebuked for doing Saul it. Saul tried to come in an illegitimate fashion. Come on. Right. And so when you're dealing with Satanists and warlocks and witches, it is a search for power and it's a search for illegitimate power. Mm-hmm. And that's the struggle since the fall. Right. Yeah. That's the struggle since Lucifer's fall. Mm. A search for illegitimate power. Then it infected in the fall of man. A search for illegitimate knowledge and power that God didn't give you permission to have. And so what we're dealing with here is we're dealing with a war. Mm-hmm. And if believers don't understand we're at war with this spirit, which side are you on? Mm-hmm. And why are you trying to, in, a, in an illegitimate fashion, have power for yourself that comes not come from God yeah, pride and a lust for Ooh. for control. Right, domination. Yeah. yeah, indulgence in a sense too as well. We know that yeah. is a sin. Sins of the flesh, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12. Now, without reading the entirety of the, the that passage, it talks about uh, witches and enchanters. It talks about charmers, consulter with familiar spirits, wizards, and this keyword necromancer. Mm-hmm, right. That's one who would speak to, to the, the dead. dead. For all that do these things are, and that's what I said before, an abomination. If you don't know what that word means, I'll start by saying it's not good. <laughs> no. God does not like abominations. That's right. Unto the Lord, because of these abominations, the Lord thy God will drive them out before thee. Right. God wants a holy, the Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Yeah. When you join the kingdom of God, it is a direct result of abstaining from evil. It's choosing God over the evil and rejecting all those the witchcraft and, and yeah. sin in general, I'll say, as, a, as that. Is that, that key word, abomination? Mm. Let me say it like this. God reserves special hatred, special divine hatred. It's true. Well, now that's going to come as a shock to some people. Think about that. Special it's divine true. hatred. Well, well, all sins are the same. You hear people say, mm. well, you know what? God actually judged some sins more severely he than did. others. It's scriptural. All sins can lead you to hell, yep. but not all sins have the same result. Yeah. You know, yeah. these things doth God hate. Seven things that are an abomination unto me. Yeah. You know? Word of God. Yeah. It's the closer you get to God, the more you know his word, the more you realize just how far off the modern church has gone from the word. Because just by that statement itself, I immediately said, oh, that's going to be kind of, people ain't going to like that one. (laughs) Yes, God does hate because the Bible says he's love. But in order, let me say it this way. You cannot truly love without hating evil. Exactly. That's it. His word reveals his ways. Amen. It's true. 
Take number two, Brother Paul, if you want. Uh, celebration of the dead. God is the God of the living. Mark 12, 27. Uh, he's not only the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Yea, therefore do greatly err. Mm. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. And mm. I really inadvertently talked <laughs> about this just a little earlier. It, where these images bring forth uh, a glorification of dead things are the, yeah. un, the undead that's not really completely dead right it's not really completely light yeah. understand it's not completely alive and it's not it looks alive mm-hmm. but it's dead mm. and it's rotting and 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 so this compromise mm. is reflected in these images that's good we're not completely light. We're not completely darkness. We're somewhere in between. And God says, no, this is all bad. That's right. Yeah. This is all death. You're just trying to brightening up death a little bit and make it seem glamorous and seem fun. And you're alluring people into yeah. destruction. That's mm-hmm. true. You can't sugarcoat sin. Sin does not become holy by putting candy and costumes on it. Mm-hmm. You can't sugarcoat witchcraft as much as the church might want to but the bible tells us we need to be set apart holy unto him so the next one we have is uh witchcraft in leviticus 20 verse 7 through 6 through 7 states this and the soul that turneth after such as having familiar spirits and after wizards and go a whoring after them i will set my face against that soul and i will Mm. cut him off from among his people Sanctify yourselves and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. So God's pretty harsh on that, on that stuff. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play around with it, and he's uh he's very serious in uh, every aspect. Whenever we read that across Scripture, and this goes back to what Brother Paul had mentioned about that it being an abomination and mm-hmm. how God hates these things. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'd like to to look at this again and say God is saying, "I will set my face against that person." Right. And I will cut him off from among his people. I don't know if it gets more serious than that. Yeah. Going after familiar spirits and after wizards. And yet some church people dress up as wizards. You know, we glorify that. And and guys, can we be honest? We, we talk about the entertainment. You know, oh, what's uh, what's the face of the kid's name? with Harry, Harry, Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't think of the name. It's gateway drug into witchcraft. Amen. That's exactly what it is. It's, 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 it's like marijuana. You know, introducing you to other things. Right. And, and then next thing you know, you're hooked on something that's just killing you. Right. And so it seems innocent. It seems playful. Right. And, and it's fun. And right. But next next thing you find is your children are plunged into darkness or you yourself are plunged into darkness. And yes. Witchcraft is actually idolatry. People don't realize that. Mm, We're talking yep. about worshiping other gods. That's good. Witchcraft is idolatry. Again, God has a really special place of hatred right. for something that leads people to worshiping something or someone other right. than him. Right. It is a gateway drug, and it's movies, music, yeah. any, especially entertainment. Boy, the devil owns entertainment. Warcraft games. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. big right now. In fact, uh, I, knew, I, I knew someone who was married and got into the Warcraft genre game and hours yeah. ended up getting involved in another player 
messages mm-hmm. and it turned into something yeah. evil. Yeah. Uh, it, it is truly a gateway drug when it comes to, to sin and debauchery, anything that, that has highlights of those things, witchcraft, uh, emulation, these things God is against. Dungeons and Dragons, witchcraft card games, yep. uh, tarot cards, all these things where people are trying to manipulate mm. or control circumstances as if they were God. Come on. We need, we need to know the Bible. Stuff, yeah. And uh, Jake, I'd like you to pick up on number four too because you, you're the one that really stressed this point hard, hard on, on that. Yeah. And number four, we... It kind of is titled as um, seeking man and not God. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah 8, 19 through 20 states this, that when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits or unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So it's... Isaiah is pointing out that, that you shouldn't be seeking after this. Seek, seek God. He's yes. He's got every answer to every problem you could ever possibly have. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think you're tying that too with the necromancy, how we're seeking yeah. after the, the dead. Saul situation. Or yeah. a wizard or a witch or right. things like that. Yeah. You don't need any of that. God can supply every need you ever possibly could you need. I go to the creator of the universe, Brother right. Paul. <laughs> yeah. The, the one who would say, let there be light and there was light. Exactly. I mean, come on, somebody. If there's anyone who can address your need, it's going to be Jehovah God. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be no witch. It's not going to be another your, your neighbor who is in a wizard or a warlock or who's dabbling in the occult, right. who, ha- who knows how to play these tarot cards. The one who created everything that you see, that is the one. And that's really mm-hmm. coming down to the point of the sin of idol- idolatry. You said it yourself. Yeah. Idolatry is one of the greatest sins because you're actually taking something or someone other than God himself. Number one commandment of 10, right? Thou shall have no other gods before him. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the, the blending in this mixture thing, we, you know, we're combination of Louisiana and, and, and Texans. Here, you know, and I've, <laughs> right. I've lived in both States and you, you see a lot of Santeria, uh, like in the South Texas region, that's mixing Catholicism and witchcraft. And, um, you see in Louisiana with Mardi Gras, uh, Greek mysticism mm. mixed in with the with Catholicism as mm-hmm. well, and and people are are having these grotesque, uh, whether it's Mardi Gras or Day of the Dead. Right. Um, and my stepson, man, just got through talking to Melissa and I and going. Oh, you know, my teacher says it's all cultural, you know, and he brought in the whole Day of the Dead thing. And I'm just thinking, like, just think about what you call it, Day right. of the Dead. <laughs> day of okay. The dead. And my re- immediate response would be, yeah, some cultures are pretty bad. Yeah. They abandoned God. That's not a good, that's not an excuse just because right. it's another and, culture. And, and someone's going to come back and go, oh, we're just remembering our dead ancestors. Okay. You don't have to have a day of worship for it. Come on. Yeah. To remember. Come on. Okay. Now. If you want to honor somebody, Okay, uh, you know, then remember them finally. Go through your pictures and your family yeah, album, right? Yeah. Uh, you don't have to have a day where everybody dresses up grotesquely right. and has skeletons and skulls all over the place. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and do that. That's not, that. these these are spirits that are kidnapping cultures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cultural, yeah, but these are spirits that are kidnapping cultures. And so in America mm-hmm. and worldwide, we have festivals that have kidnapped the culture that are a glorification and a deification of evil. Mm-hmm. Preach that. Oh my 
Oh, Come on, brother Paul. Wakey, wakey, shaky, shaky. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what, 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 what's it going to take? And, and to to something that you said earlier, it's so blatantly obvious yeah. that you look at other Christians who seem to be struggling with with compromise. I don't want to mm-hmm. disappoint my child. And you, you're going, wake up. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> right. Do you have to wait for the fruit, the rotten fruit of this in, right. in, in your child's life? Yeah. Come on. Because you didn't take a stand for God? God's not dead. Was it the second one? I would, she said, I would rather be judged by the world and stand with God than stand with the world and be judged by God. Or is it backwards? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. If you want to serve God, newsflash church, it's not easy. It takes sacrifice. Yes, Christ bore your sins on the cross, but now guess what? You got to bear his holiness. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's true. It takes sacrifice. Jesus said, unless you take up your cross and follow me, he even said, you're not worthy of me. You have to even hate mother, father, son, and daughter. Mm -hmm. When it comes to that level of love to God, that you were willing to push everything else aside, including your own spouse and children, that's Christianity. And anything shy of that is sugar-coated Satanism. And it gives you the ability to truly love all of those people. Come on now. you sacrifice everything for Yes, them. yes. I, I feel that that exhortation to holiness, a true revival, an awakening in our in our country, of the church, because judgment will begin in the house of God. Yeah. And Brother Paul, I know it, it, seeing you as a man of God and been in ministry for decades now, and you've been to all states, churches, denominations. You've experienced American Christianity in all of its spectrum. It's time to shake the awaken, oh, ye sleeper, God, brother Paul, right? Help us, Lord. And that's what we need people like that. So if you're listening still right now and you can agree, you don't need to, to get on a, a soapbox of judgmentalism, but you do need to take a judgment call and recognize sin for sin. Holiness for holiness, and in love, speak the truth and live it. That's it. Amen. Brother Paul, could you take number five? I want you to take number five. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 through 17. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Mm. Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, mm-hmm. and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch That's not that. the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Wow. It's so much to the point. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> come out to add anything to that. No, yeah. I mean, that, that, that says it all. It's, it's separate. Amazing. Oh, and, and newsflash, that's King James. That's the very complicated <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to understand, right? No, I, yeah, I, I realize that's not the message or the passion trap. No, no, it's not. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, the, but Ephesians, I, I have to go for it. You, you, you said five, so I've got, I got go to go for it. Yeah, yeah. these you, other you scriptures, man. Brother Paul, you get everything. Neither <laughs> give place to the devil. Mm hmm. And have no fellowship, chapter 5, 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. I think that's what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. A little bit. Bringing bringing to light these deeds of darkness, not giving place to the devil, as you said, not only not leaving the door open a crack, Mm -hmm. 
you know, but we've got windows and doors wide open. There's and, holes in the walls. And, and we're coming and we're coming into agreement. Yes. When that happens, it gives Satan authority to traffic in your life in a way that he hasn't been able to. You've given permission to dark, foul spirits Come on that don't play fair. Right. And and they will destroy the innocent. Amen. They'll, they'll destroy your fruit. They'll destroy your children. They'll mm. destroy your legacy because that's what they do, steal, kill, and destroy. So when you give place to them, when you open up and you begin to align yourself with, with these things mm. by, by participating, mm-hmm. by playing along. Come on. They're saying, okay, boys, let's move on in. Come on now. Right. Let's take them down. That's good. They said yes. That's good, Brother Paul. My Lord. So we're not, we talk about taking territory for Jesus, Mm -hmm. and then we give territory to Lucifer. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a war, Brother Paul. It's a war. We have got to take a stand for righteousness. It's going to come bloodied. Whose side are you on? Amen. Exactly, and, and if uh, the if if you can pull back as Christians and recognize this one fact, that the church will be deceived. Many shall depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits. So don't be offended. Doctrines of devils. Amen. That's exactly right. Don't be offended if a podcaster reads scripture that goes against your theology. It's time to align our theology with God's word. That's right. That's where it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You know, I've. I, I've been around the block, and uh, Brother Paul had, and Jacob, to your degree, your experience of denominationalism. In fact, my my, my cousin, I encourage y'all to uh, watch that. It was two episodes ago. William Frank was here with us, my cousin, and he was telling us his testimony of being in, in one denomination, and but his relationship with the Lord grew beyond the confines of opinion, right. and the Word of God was opened unto him. So it's not to knock a denomination, but it's to encourage all denominations to go back to the word. And if the Bible is against your theology, it's time to scrap that theology and say, Lord, let thy will be done. Good for amen. And today we choose life. In in October of 2022, these three men here choose life. If I if if I can just interject something here, I heard heard your wife say something that um, has certainly been the case in my life for decades now. Amen. Month of October, it always seems like it's an uptick in battle for us. And it again, it's not because Satan's power is any greater, and certainly not because God's power is less, but it's because more people are coming into agreement with darkness. Yeah. So it begins to trend that way and it encourages the things of darkness and, and it and it strengthens that grip or that hold because people are opening doors to it and the numbers go up. Right. And the other thing that she said, which is true as right. well, is for those of us who are who move in deliverance and, and believe that Christ can set captives free and actively participate in seeing people come back to life. We find ourselves having a whole lot of work after Halloween <laughs> because That's because good. somebody in their ignorance uh, or even in in a, in a certain amount of rebellion mm. went and participated in it and found themselves in a situation 
where something is now in their lives and trafficking in their lives and affecting their lives in a horribly negative way mm. and haunting their dreams and, and uh, bringing my wife, Melissa, came through paganism. She was not raised in Christianity. She was raised in paganism. My second wife, first wife, Cindy, went on to be with the Lord. And five years later, I meet a woman who comes out of comes out of uh, a life of drug addiction and a life of participating in the occult. But when she came into Christianity, completely set free and delivered by the power of the blood of Jesus Hallelujah. and filled with the Holy Ghost, she's recognizing these things in churches and mm. in ministries. And the Christian's going, wait a minute. Yep. That's new age. Amen. Wait a minute. That's the occult. And she's spotting it as a baby Christian, even Come back on. then. Right. And so I'm, I married a crusader. Okay. <laughs> I'm a crusader. And I, God blessed me with two wonderful women in my life, you know. And so I, I married a crusader. And so when she sees this stuff, it just, she's aghast at it, right? Because it, we're, we're talking about having to come in on the backside and hopefully, hopefully, and, and now you're praying for small children who are manifesting demons. Come on. You're praying. And she said in her personal life, she was introduced to the occult as a child. She said it brought such a spirit of fear. And you want to talk about the real el- elephant in the room. Right. Because mm. these, these spiritual strong men in the Bible are always mentioned in the Bible. So fear is one mentioned often in the Bible. And under fear operates she said i would have panic attacks and lay in the floor wow. and shake she goes i would be haunted in my dreams and it drove me to drug addiction and that came on her having been brought into haunted house scenarios and brought into this these occult situations and it was introduced into her life and it created great destruction in her life and except for the grace and mercy of god she would not be alive today mm. 23 years of addiction just trying to deal with fear. Wow. And we're going to celebrate fear? Zach Williams said fear's a liar. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) There is a godly reverence and a godly fear, and then there is that fear that is of darkness that hath torment, the Bible says. Yeah, that's good, exactly. And so we must understand what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with spiritual forces. Don't give way and give place to the devil. Because we have to come and mop up mm-hmm. after you, and maybe we get a chance to save your loved one, maybe not, right? Because so, of what you opened up, we'll try to come in and be the rescue op. We'll do mm-hmm. our best, but there's no promises because you gave your will over to it. Brother Paul, Moran and I have, have gone and done clearings. People would call us and say, oh, "We're seeing things. We're hearing things. Sure. Noises are happening. We know that it's have demonic. Please come and house, anoint yeah. our house with oil." And and we'd go, and you know what we'd find? Occultic, absolutely everywhere. I'm like, you just literally put worms in the house, and you're mad that fish are in there. Yeah, we had a teenage guy that came to us, and he was practic- practically levitating. Right. And I sent my youth pastor to while we're doing deliverance in another. I sent my youth pastors to their house, and we found demonic icons lining the wall. They brought back three. 55-gallon garbage bags right. full of satanic stuff. Mm. And you're, like, you're wondering why the kid is demonized, right? Right. Come on. Uh, you know, and, and parents that should have known better. 
yeah. and, and that allowed it. So this the, the compromising spirit. Yeah. Oh, That's it. The devil loves it. Oh, yeah. He loves it. And I, I'm sorry, I'm on a soapbox. I'm gonna get, get, Go for it. Give me <laughs> two more it. minutes. Yeah. If you don't fight this battle, don't think you're going to overcome this battle of perversion mm. that is happening. Oh, come because on. The, the perversion that is coming into our modern culture Preach that. with chant transgender yep. and homosexuality, yep. and it's going to be bestiality next. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and it's going to be uh, adults doing unspeakable things with children. Yep. Okay? Yep. It's happening. It yep. always gets worse. It gets worse. The fall of Rome, just look at the Same fall of thing. Rome. Perverse things. Yep. And they went from a super state of super intellectual people mm-hmm. to a people that ate themselves, drank themselves, and perverted themselves to death. That's yep. right. That's it. Until That's their exactly enemies right. conquered them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the moral fabric of the of the society fell into itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if we can't if we can't fight a fight against absolute evil that's being represented right. as absolute evil right. evil, how are we going to be able to stand with our kids who are being influenced now by government, by schools, and by popular media and culture and social media toward this perversion that we're seeing? Yeah. Understand, it's all the same. Right. And, and the thing is, I think part of the issue is the compromise is that we have this mindset as the modern church that we have to do things with the world to win them over. Yeah. You don't win the alcoholic by having a beer with them. No. You know, you don't win a sinner by sinning with them. You know, the, the people have said, oh, well, you know, Jesus ate with sinners, but he didn't sin with them. No. Paul said, uh, become all things to all men, but he didn't become a sinner no. to save a sinner. That's, that's you right. can't save a drowning person by drowning with them. No, that doesn't you pull work. them out of the water, yeah. my brother and sister. You pull them out. That's why the church cannot evangelize in compromise. You have to evangelize in holiness. No one's going to come to you and say, well, you look just like me. You act just like me. I'll go to your church. Mm-hmm. What, what are you offering them? The salesperson yeah. goes to the potential client and offers something they don't have. Yeah. Yeah. And if we are offering salvation to the lost, you can't give them sin to come out of sin. Yeah. Doesn't work. Doesn't work that way. They're like, I already have that. We do that on on the weekends all the time. Right. So we're gonna give them death. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Give, sell- here, let's have a holiday for death and destruction because we want you to have life. Right. No. <laughs> right. So it, it's comical to a degree. We laugh because it's so so blatantly obvious. And church, we're not trying to offend nobody. If you're listening and you're a Christian, I pray that this discussion has made you awaken to the reality that Satan cannot be sugarcoated. You can't compromise with snicker bars and paydays and and think that it's, right. it's okay because you're giving that ground up. And it, it's all a part of the same thing. So we realize that it's not always easy to stand out in the crowd. It's required, and it's completely worth it in holiness. I want to say this, that people who really do want to live for God can easily, easily come across as judgmental and self-righteous, holier than thou, throwing stones on the soapbox and things like that. All the prophets got accused of that. They killed them over that. (laughs) Right. You know? But the reality, church, is we are to be set apart unto God. The question is, how much do you love him? The things that God hates are the things we should hate. We should not partake. Just as the Israelites of the Old Testament, they wanted to be like the culture. We want the culture to be like us. Good stuff, man.
Hallelujah. All right. Well, as we come to this close, remember, brothers and sisters, that the word of God will stand forever, according to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, and also 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25. If you're watching on YouTube, we would ask that you would please like, share, subscribe, do all that YouTube notification stuff, or follow us if you're watching or listening on a podcast platform. If you have any questions, concerns, or even topic suggestions, please comment below or email us at info at heartofworshipchurch.com. We would ask that you would join us on our next episode as we discuss the overview of the biblical feast as we navigate truth in a world of opinions. This has been Daniel Wright and Jacob Leger. See you later, guys. And Brother Paul Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See you next time. Godspeed. Thank you for joining us this episode. For more information on our ministry or to contact us, please visit heartofworshipchurch.com.